This is the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing? Good, Dan. How about you? <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. Uh, That's good. We don't want to hear them anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's a fact. <laughs> we don't want to hear the complaints. We don't. Earlier on the show, Tennessee State head coach Eddie George, senior writer for Sports Illustrated Michael Rosenberg. Coming up, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, plus WWE Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. You ready to be part of the uh, the Hurt Business over there, uh, T.J. Jefferson? You know, I've because been ready, especially since happen. the big WrestleMania win this weekend. Yeah, I'm real ready. It's going to happen. We need this to happen. We're going to get it done because Stephanie McMahon uh, is going to be joining us. She is the WWE Chief Brand Officer. I mean, honestly, we're going as high up the flow chart as one essentially could. Yeah, I mean, there's only really one spot ahead of her. There's Vince. Yeah. Right, her dad. And she is in charge of the brand. I mean, that couldn't be more important. And so, uh, Mr. For the Brand is part of the brand, right? Yes. McAfee's going to be joining the Fox uh, the Fox the broadcast. Friday Smackdown. Friday Night right. Smackdown. With Michael Cole and others. So, I have an idea for me to muscle in on that territory too okay do you think they wwe would take somebody 51 year old father of three or what do you oh think? yeah yeah of course rich vince mcmahon still does matches and he's in his 70s okay no he doesn't do them anymore not anymore nah. shane used to jump off like 50 foot scaffolding shane had a wrestlemania match on sun saturday yeah. okay yeah so he's still, you know stephanie's a former women's champion i'm aware you know, of this you I mean, know, just uh, she understands the brand yeah so we can't Inside forget that she's oh, the sure. brand but she's yeah, also Rich, a former I think, champion i think you need to set this up where you challenge pat to a match no no <laughs> what do you mean no, we're not doing. did you see pat wrestle Yes, but I'm just saying, like, that ain't happening. Yeah, we we need him, bro. We need him. In that ain't well, we could get like some people in his corner, and then we could storm the ring. You know what I mean, well, it'll be a great conversation later on in about 18 minutes' time when uh, <laughs> when Stephanie McMahon joins us. For the moment, though, uh, two weeks from today is when we're going to get all the answers of uh, of the the first round of the NFL draft because we will we will have just concluded those matters in the state of Ohio. Uh, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, as well as. Uh, the co-host with Daniel Jeremiah of the Move the Sticks podcast, Bucky Brooks, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How have you been, Bucky? I'm good, Rich. How's everything? Better for talking to you. Uh, we spoke to Kyle Pitts earlier this week. My God, uh, I, I loved him. And then the next day we had um, Coach David Shaw on, and you know you know David, and, you know, he doesn't – there's two things that kind of like stir – you know, stir up the, the, the hornet's nest with him. One is when like a pet peeve of his gets broken – uh, and then two is when somebody's supremely talented comes along. He he could not have been more um, excited to talk about him. You called Kyle a gold jacket talent. What do you think about Kyle Pitts that made you say that, Bucky? Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's a really talented player. And I think, Rich, when we talk about top five players, we have to view them in that light. Can you envision them? being a gold jacket player one day, meaning that they're going to be one of the best players in their position, top two, three, or four in the position within two to three years. And when you look at Kyle Pitts coming out of Florida, he has a unique 
combination of size, speed, athleticism. He's a natural pass catcher. He runs routes like a wide receiver, yet he's in an NBA power forward body. And so when you just think about how difficult that could be as a matchup, uh, you just look at Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and some of those players on the outside that have succeeded at the position for a long time. And if he's between Bills and Cowboys, being a guy that is next in line. Do you think Atlanta should just say, you know what, Matt Ryan's got two years left uh, of uh, a contract that we're just not going to get out of. It's insane to get out of it. It's very expensive to try and get out of it. We're not going to get out of it. So let's get as much out of him as we possibly can and add Pitts to um, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and go to work. Or do you think that their choice of quarterback is going to be too difficult for them to pass up and try and set things up for when Ryan is done? Uh, I think it's a decision that we'll know who's actually running the show um, between Arthur Smith and Terry Fonda. The general manager typically thinks long-term, thinks about the quarterback, thinks about how we can set the franchise up to have a bridge into the next decade. The head coach typically thinks about right now. Um, Normally, a right-now situation would be Kyle Pitts with Matty Ice, Julio Jones, Kevin Ridley. Let's go play offense, score points, and figure out if we can get Dean Peace to slow down or create a defense. Um, that can play good enough for us to win games. And so it's a really a challenging decision for the Atlanta Falcons because Matt Matty is on the hook for at least the next year just looking at the dead cap situation. And so it's just one of those things where we're determined um, who's actually running the show in Atlanta. So what do you think they should do? Uh, you know, I go back and forth because uh, there's a part of me that says, hey, get a young quarterback because I think this is a very special quarterback class. But then also, you know, if you get a middle-to-field playmaker um, and fits, to go with uh, Hayden Hurst and the weapons that we talked about on the outside. I mean, Matty Ice can go back to playing at a high level, particularly if Arthur Smith feels a running game and they go play action and do some of the stuff that Ryan Tannehill did. So I can see them going for the right now, trying to win games immediately, and then just worry about the quarterback when you have to worry about the quarterback down the road. Who do you think would trade up for Pitts? Just because you call him, again, gold jacket possibility. Somebody sees what Atlanta is thinking of right now, but also knows that you know, they could maybe give Atlanta a shot at uh, the player that they don't want to take it for and and get Terry Fontenot some more picks. Who do you think could be that team? Um, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it's tough. Like, because Jerry Jones had a conversation about uh, Kyle Pitts and what he would do with their offense. Uh, you have other teams that would certainly consider him. I mean, the Miami Dolphins are a team that can use another guy in the middle of the field to create matchup problems. And so it's one of those things where there's so many so – many, so many things out there in terms of the unknowns because of the uncertainty with the quarterback that it's hard to necessarily peg a team with him. But I definitely could see a team very, very interested in the playmaker because he is a unique difference maker at the position. Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who do you think the Niners traded all the way up to go get? Uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I think the conversation about Mac Jones is just conversation. Um, I think when you're Kyle Shanahan and you move up, you move up to get a remarkable talent. And so that talent, to me, needs to be someone who can not only do the things that you want to do on the script, but off the script. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you need to compare your quarterback to the other quarterbacks in the division. And if we're being honest, Rich, the NFC West has Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford. In any scenario, do we view Mac Jones as being a player that can be better than any of those guys in the next two to three years? Because if we don't, then we shouldn't make a move for him. But when we think about the extraordinary talents of the two others that are mentioned, we can see how their athleticism and combination of arm talent 
could give them an opportunity to succeed and surpass some of those guys in the division. I think it has to be one of those two other guys, and I believe Mac Jones is just a small screen. No kidding. So what? tell me about Lance a little bit, because we really haven't spoken a lot about him since we, you know, first blush after the trade. The general sense in so many parts was this is definitely for Mac Jones, and now we're hearing more fields, and now we're going to see – Pro Day 2.0 for Trey Lance as well. What about this young man intrigues you, Bucky? Um, going all the way back to 2019, when you watched him, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions, 2,700 yards, over 1,100 rushing yards. Unique playmaker with his size. This is a guy that was recruited, offered by Big Ten schools to play outside linebacker safety to speak to his athleticism. When you watch him play, and going back to 2019, you see him playing a system that is multiple and varied that has a lot of NFL concepts in it, layered with some college stuff. If we think about the players that have come out of there, Carson Wentz and Easton Stick, respectively, they handled a lot of this stuff at the line of scrimmage that you typically ask NFL quarterbacks to do. And so Trey Lance has all of that. And so he's a unique combination of the athleticism and physical talent that you want with the IQ and the upside that you also desire. And so as we think about the Josh Allens of the world, we think about the Lamar Jacksons of the world, man, if you can get a guy that has that extra stuff, it just allows you to do so much when it comes to adding plays to the playbook and game plans and his ability to erase some of your mistakes. Huh. So that would be tough for Atlanta to pass up, right, if Justin Fields goes three. That would be tough for Atlanta to pass up, would you describe to me, because Arthur Smith, what he did with Tannehill, I mean, Tannehill was as dangerous running it. Sometimes the number of times where you're like, okay, here comes Derrick Henry inside the five, but it would be Tannehill who takes it around the end and take a big hit, I might add. Um, that's kind of what Arthur Smith would like to do, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Trey Lance makes a lot of sense in Atlanta because what you're talking about with Matt, Matty Ice is you're talking about two additional years. Uh, the cap would say that you probably can't move on from him until after 2022. And so if we're talking about Trey Lance, Who's going to enter in the league with 17 starts, even though that's the same number of starts as Mac Jones? Um, it would give him two years to develop, to learn the game, to sit, and kind of get ready for the NFL game as a starter. We saw it happen in one year for Pat Mahomes. Maybe Arthur Smith uses a page out of Andy Reid's playbook to get this franchise up and going. So win now with Matt Ryan and then win later with Trey Lance. That could be a formula and a recipe for the talk. So you, you don't buy – it's like a the Mac Jones is the number three overall pick. That's a banana in the tailpipe, essentially, right now for you. In, in, in my mind, in my mind, I, I, I would just say this. Like, I think scouting comes down to like things being very, very simple. At any time when you looked at Alabama, did you feel like Mac Jones was the best player on the field uh, in a game? Like, if you didn't necessarily feel that way, then you shouldn't view him as one of the best players in all the football, particularly in the NFL draft. Look, he's a really good player. He's a great distributor, but I think he's limited. And I know people like to make the comparisons like, hey, look at what Drew Brees has been able to do. Look at Tom Brady. But we're also talking about two quarterbacks who have 20 years of experience playing the position in the National Football League. I would challenge anybody to show me who is a young quarterback that plays like them that is currently having success in the league. And we can't name one. All the guys that are young and dynamic and doing it, from Justin Herbert to Josh Allen to Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and all those other guys, they have an extra element to their game that allows them to shine. And unless, look, I, I liken it to the Avengers. Um, hmm. 
I believe that Mac Jones is Iron Man. Everything around him is the suit, and the suit allows him to be a superhero. He doesn't have those special qualities that any of the top four have. Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, in whatever order, all of those guys physically have superhero powers. He doesn't. So what are, what are the other guys' superpowers then? What about that? Okay, so we talk about Trevor Lawrence and his yeah. um, superpowers. It would be his athleticism, his arm talent, his leadership ability, and the fact that he is being competitive and played at a super high level throughout. When we talk about Zach Wilson, it's his arm talent is spectacular to go with his athleticism, his off-platform throwing ability. Look, his next level. You can make the comparison to Aaron Rodgers when you watch him play. We talk about Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a five-star talent. We talk about the big-time passing ability to go with a guy who has 4-4 speed, who has played at a big stage, displayed the toughness against Clemson, where we see him dominate the game and be the best player on the field. And then Trey Lance. We can talk about the level of competition. But just in terms of a raw athlete, height, weight, speed, arm talent, he has collective superpowers. And Mac Jones, what will we say about Mac Jones? A all the adjectives have been like, hey, he's smart. He throws a touch timing and anticipation, but it's never about the physical prowess. We don't talk about, hey, he has one of the strongest arms or any of those things. And so, to me, there's a marked difference between those other guys and Mac Jones. So where does Mac Jones not get past? Fill in that blank. Mac Jones does not get past fill in the blank draft night. I mean, look, he's going to go in the first round. Um, I can say, like, I wonder, like, people talk about, New England, but my thing with New England would be, okay, if you go all in with Cam, like what kind of offense are you going to create now with the things that you're doing in Mac? Like, so maybe New England at 15, um, maybe somewhere down in the bottom of the first round because you have a handful of teams that need a young quarterback to build around. But I really think it's a mystery. I think the love for him, I think a lot of it has been manufactured because a lot of us or people on outside want to be right on draft night, but I don't know if he's really – viewed like that in the league by everybody. Huh. Last one for you, Bucky. Do you think the Niners made the trade fully aware of who they wanted and they're just grinding tape to make sure right now? What do you think? No, I think they're, I think they're aware of a handful of quarterbacks that they wanted to get in that conversation. Uh, at the time, you didn't know what um, the Jets were going to do completely. And so when you make that move up to three, that means you had to be comfortable with three of the quarterbacks after Trevor Lawrence, because you never know how that's going to shake. Like, hey, what if the Jets pull an end run and Justin Fields is the guy? That means you have to be comfortable with Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or whatever. So I think they were comfortable with any of the three after Trevor Lawrence, and now they're just trying to sort out which one do they really believe is the talent that can take their offense to the next level. Because remember, this is what Shanahan wants. He doesn't want to be the same. He doesn't want to be mediocre. He wants next level. Otherwise, you don't make that move. So the player that they select, has to be somebody that he believes are next level. And I'll, I'll kind of leave you with this. Remember, he tried to move off a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo when he talked up C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. I would say that those guys, in terms of how they play, are more in line with Mac Jones than the other guy. And so I think that is something to consider, especially when he was on the field in the Super Bowl and he lost to Patrick Mahomes. And when you think about how the Shanahan's and the Disciples have made moves at quarterback this offseason after watching one of their guys, Matt LaFleur, have so much fun calling up plays for Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe that they're trying to get a pedestrian quarterback to be their quarterback when they're trying to take this offense to the next level. Bucky Brooks, great 
uh, to have you on as always. Thank you, and let's chat down the line, and uh, I will see you soon, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Check out Bucky Brooks with Daniel Jeremiah on the Move the Sticks podcast on NFL Network. Pedestrian was the word he used, correct? I heard that, correct? I heard that as well. And that he's more Nick Mullins and and C.J. Beathard, and he's done with that. He wants to get up and go, and one last thing, and then we'll take a break. So here we are saying they made the move, saying they're comfortable with any of the three quarterbacks not named Wilson and Lawrence. So the three quarterbacks that we're saying and have been saying that the Niners are comfortable with are Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. And his point is, think about how this trade evolved. It was announced on the day of the BYU Pro Day where the Jets saw Zach Wilson in person right there in front of everybody. And this trade wasn't just made that morning. It was days in advance. And when it was made the three quarterbacks that they would have been fine with are Wilson, Lance, and Fields. Correct. Because the only thing we knew is Trevor Lawrence didn't know what the Jets were going to do. And we just all said, that's it. Jets are in on Zach Wilson on the day of the trade. And this thing got started way before that. So the three they would have been fine with are the three after Trevor Lawrence and one of them is not named Mac Jones. And here, everybody's like, gotta be Mac Jones. And they might never have even looked in their direction, which makes sense when Nick Saban tells Dan Patrick, I'm standing next to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They didn't talk to me about Mac Jones once. Wow. Whew. That was great. Food for thought. 13 days removed from the draft. Stephanie McMahon. The WWE Chief Brand Officer, when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What's the most pissed off you made Nick Saban ever? Oh, when I took the sack second and 26 <laughs> in a national in championship. That game. <laughs> you mean the one that you immediately made up for with an amazing play yes, that sir. put you on the map? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that, that sack? Yeah. Okay. That was the sack. So um, walk me through how that, uh, how, what he said to you, if you can, in a, in a certain way on a live yeah, well, radio I, TV broadcast. I mean, I could only see it on camera, you know, um, how mad he, he was. That was probably the most pissed off, though, I I, I think he's ever been. I mean, he, 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 was, he was squeezing his headset so hard. <laughs> and then, um, you know, like, it was hard because the emotion was, like, so mad to so happy, you know, so fast for him. And, you know, we got into the locker room when everything settled down. I mean, he was still still the same coach, you know, yeah. like, pulled me to the side. Like, what, what were you thinking? You know, um, so like after, the you won, after you won the game mm-hmm. and you picking confetti out of your hair, he still took a moment yeah, in that being, moment to revisit yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Being who he is, I mean, you know, he, he pulled me to the side. And he said, you know, well, why did you take the set? Right. You know, and I, I thought it was a good time to joke with him. You know, so I, <laughs> I mean, we, we won the national championship. So I told him. I told him, well, you know, we, we needed more room to throw the ball, coach. You know, and, like, he looked at me, and, like, I was laughing. He's like, that's not funny. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Come I didn't on. know what else to do in that situation. I was like, okay, I, I'm sorry, coach. So I shook his hand, and he just moved off. Like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, man. I wow. love that story. Yeah. That made my favorite story the whole week. So you just figured, yeah, hey. I was like, oh, maybe. Wanna- yeah. yeah. Thought it was a good time to joke, but it wasn't. Yeah, nope. It's never a good time, I guess, in that respect. That was at the Super Bowl in Miami. Had no idea that lives were changing within a a day or two. But uh, at any rate, that was a fun time. Go to our YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show archive material for everything uh, that we've done over the last seven years. Uh, Now on NBC Sports on Peacock for everybody to stream throughout the entire streamer. Michael Phelps, memories, medals, and more. Get an in-depth look at one of the greatest Olympians ever with the three-part Peacock original series. Again, Michael Phelps, medals, memories, and more streaming right now. Phelps shares intimate details on the races, rivalries, and personal struggles that led to his 28 Olympic medals. Don't miss an episode. PeacockTV.com to start streaming the entire series for free right now we're here on nbc sports on peacock every single day from 12 to 3 eastern after dan patrick taking you to brother from another at the top of this hour back here on the rich eisen show radio network as well we're one big simulcast that's what we are nbc sports audio sirius xm channel 211 or this very smart wise rich eisen show terrestrial radio affiliate and nbc sports on peacock peacock the streamer we love being on it and um and uh it's going places everybody it's going places because, you know, we put our marker on it. Our brand Early. was on it, right? Our brand. Um, then, as you know, The Office came in added their brand, yep. mm-hmm. right? That was another big to-do. And then the earth-shattering news 
that the WWE brand was coming to Peacock as well. And just last weekend, WrestleMania 37 in the spot where the Super Bowl was played this year, Raymond James Stadium, that went down on Peacock. And to talk about it is not only the WWE chief brand officer, but also along with Triple H, the premiere this Sunday at 10 Eastern time of A&E on A&E, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, hosted by the chief brand officer of the WWE, Stephanie McMahon, here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Stephanie? I am excellent, thank you. How are you? I, you know what? I'm 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 great. I just will always want to be buttoned up when I'm I'm uh, introducing a chief brand officer. I want to make sure I touched upon on all the important <laughs> items. Did I get a? You did. did you did. That okay. was a, a phenomenal introduction. Thank you. I will take that. Um, let me first first things first. What's your first wrestling memory like growing up, McMahon? What what? Give me give me a good me- memory so, of yours. I mean, my whole life is, you know, really wrestling was a part of it. But, um, you know, one of my early memories is the first live event that I ever went to. What's that? And, you know, I was in between three and five, you know, I was pretty young. And I remember being backstage. It was at the Philly Spectrum that uh, doesn't exist anymore. And I remember seeing these kids like I was in this the back hallway backstage and all of a sudden you know my my dad was working my mom was working I was just kind of you know nearby and a group of kids came running down the hall screaming at the top of their lungs and and clearly afraid and they ran past me and then I looked to see you know what they were afraid of and here comes George the Animal Steel <laughs> which um you know he was bald for people who don't know he had very hairy back hairy chest green tongue and he was you know sort of lumbering you know chasing the kids having fun really um scared me to death i screamed i ran straight for my dad ran up his leg buried my head <laughs> in his shoulder and he started to laugh. And I thought it was so weird because my dad is my hero, right? And he'd yeah. kill anybody who'd, you know, come, you know, potentially do harm to me. And he started to laugh. And he then turned and introduced me to Jim Myers, a.k.a. George the Animal Steel. And it was my first sort of inkling into the world of... WWE. So I guess the, the next question is, when did uh, WWE demand its uh, superstars wax their backs? When did that happen? When did we get that? That never happened. Wow. <laughs> I just, you know, wondered because you well, don't see that too much. that hasn't happened. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you watch that closely. <laughs> wow. So you have any Andre the Giant memories? Do you get any of that? Stephanie? Yeah, well, you know, I pretty much uh, grew up with Andre, and I considered him, you know, one of my best friends. My mom used to call Andre my Gulliver. And, um, (sighs) gosh, I mean, I used to play, and he broke his ankle. I used to play in his cast because it was, like, the the size of my whole body, his (laughs) ankle cast. Um, I I remember after WrestleMania won, you know, that was really my father's vision of how was I going to put WWE on the map? What was our Super Bowl? What was our Emmys? What was our, our Grammys? And he came up with WrestleMania, which was this huge, you know, combination of, of pop culture and, and sports entertainment. Liberace opened the show with the Rockettes. <sighs> um, Cindy Lauper accompanied Wendy Richter to the ring. Mr. T actually competed in the main event. Um, 
you know, Billy Martin was a guest timekeeper. Muhammad Ali was the special guest referee. It really was a who's who. And back then, there was no such thing as social media. Right. Little did I know at the time that my parents had mortgaged everything that they owned to make WrestleMania 1 happen. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't have understood what that meant at the time. So, needless to say, there was a big after party at the Rainbow Room, and uh, Andre and I did not feel like participating. So we were sitting outside, and I kind of fell asleep on his lap, and, and People Magazine actually came and took a picture. And my parents wouldn't put, let them identify who I was sure. in the picture, but so it said, Andre the Giant just slammed Big John Stud, you know, not the person on his lap or, <laughs> you know, whatever the caption read. So they mortgaged the, the the future to put WrestleMania one on your folks. That happened, Stephanie. Yeah, they mortgaged. So my parents always have a history of of betting on themselves, mm-hmm. and um, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they mortgaged everything that you know that I'll say we because <laughs> sure <laughs> that we collectively owned. Not that I owned anything. No, but, but that's your future. You know. Well, yeah. You know. Wow. So yeah. I, I did not know that. That's and now here we are, WrestleMania thirty-seven in the books on Peacock. You, you've got you know WWE literally everywhere. The number of platforms that you have, I can't even keep track. Uh, Stephanie McMahon here on the Rich Eisen show. So you mentioned that you were uh, that Andre the Giant's cast was large enough for you to play in. Is that one of the most wanted treasures? That's uh, on this program. <laughs> that's a great question. It, it is not one of um, this season's most wanted treasures. Yes. Um, but, you know, it, it certainly could be. But I, I think I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the most wanted treasures that uh, you and Triple H are going to start searching for um, that premieres this Sunday at 10 Eastern on A&E? Stephanie. Absolutely. And there, there's a, a few different ones. And it, it's not just us, but it's also, you know, a cast of our superstars and legends. And, you know, it's really cool to wow. hear their stories and their perception, um, you know, from these various moments, because you never realize sometimes how much a physical object can bring back a flood of emotions. Um, and it's really that nostalgia factor. It's like owning a piece of history. It's kind of the reverse nft right when, when you own <laughs> this physical object it's like owning that moment um so it you know we have undertaker's gear when he debuted um which is you know really iconic in terms of you know the the undertaker character and everything that that character came to mean we have um speaking of andre we we go looking for his passport is one of the objects and I actually didn't expect even the thought of Andre's passport to make me emotional, but it did. I, um, I it, it, it just brought me to tears thinking about this man and everything that he lived through as a giant. You know, he had uh, acromeglia, which is um, a tumor on your pituitary, and he actually never stopped growing. Hmm. Um, but, you know, he one of the reasons that we bonded so much is I've always... Just growing up, you know, in the, in the life that I've had, I've which has been remarkable, and I'm very grateful um, for everything. Um, but I've always hated judgment. You know, people just judging other people for whatever reason, and and it bothered me how some people would treat Andre um, like a freak. 
you know, like a sideshow freak. Some, not not everybody. You know, a, a lot of people he was revered and everything else, but um, I didn't like that. And I asked him one time, and I was a little girl, you know, I wasn't that old, and I asked him if it bothered him. And he just looked at me kind of quizzically, and, uh, and, and he said that it did. Mm. And it just really was the beginning of, you know, I mean, our friendship had started before that. When, when I first met him, I was really little. Uh, my mom actually tells the story of he came to our house and uh, we had a trampoline outside and he walked over to the trampoline and put his hand out and I stepped in his hand and he brought me up to his cheek and I kissed his cheek. I don't remember that, but my mom tells that story and it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, Andre and I go way back. But so his passport, you know, definitely brought back this, this flood of emotion for the man and and everything he lived through. And the stories of the different territories, you know, he, he grew up on a very small farm in, uh, in France and um, went on to live this huge life. And that life is sort of captured in, in where he went in this passport. So that, that's, an, that's one of the objects. Um, Kane's original character, uh, you know, b- before he made his debut in, in WWE, you know, that costuming and gear, which when you hear the story behind it, how The Undertaker actually discovered Kane, Glenn Jacobs, who is now the mayor of uh, Knoxville County, um, you know, and, and you hear that backstory of how Undertaker was, you know, in Memphis, I think it was, and he was there doing a favor for a local promotion, whatever it was, and that's when he first met Kane. And then that launches the whole you know, story of The Undertaker and Kane and their whole backstory in WWE is that they were half-brothers and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. So there's just some really incredible artifacts um, and memorabilia that has so much meaning behind it. Um, And hearing the stories from the mouths of the people who who wore it or or who were closest to it, um, it's just really, it's really fascinating, and it, it takes you on an unexpected ride. Amazing. That is all amazing, Stephanie McMahon. I guess you're the original Princess Bride, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, like, we just, during your, your, your soliloquy and story about, about Andre, we, we did put up the photograph of you with these white leggings sitting on his lap. He's got a drink in his hand, and... You know, uh, I mean, I have my saddle shoes on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> my terrible Dorothy Hamill haircut. Yeah, no, well, oh, you, you know what? Haircut. That's hey, look, this is this is your life here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> that's uh, right. Stephanie McMahon here uh, on the program. Uh, okay, I'm now going to hand you off for a second to the Rich Eisen Show social media grandmaster and WWE expert of the program, T.J. Jefferson, who's asked questions. You've asked of, of Drew McIntyre, right? Bobby Lashley, Bobby the whole the whole yeah. schmear. Go go for it. Correct, the TJ. Hey, Steph, it. how are you? Great to meet you. Good, how are you? It, it's funny for Rich to call me a WWE expert when you we're are. on the phone with you. So that's but kind you of, are. <laughs> of the show. We can, you, I'm sure, are more of an expert in the history than I am. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of your, your age being three and five, having those early memories, I think my earliest memory goes back to 1980, um, watching okay. wrestling with my grandfather. So 
You know, and the thing That's about awesome. yeah, the thing about wrestling fans is you almost almost always always have to defend yourself, right, for being a wrestling fan. You never have to defend yourself because you like the NBA or the NFL, but it's always like I like wrestling, and people kind of look funny. But it's you know, it's been an obsession of mine. You know, I, just as easily as I can name all the Super Bowl champions, I can name all the Intercontinental champions ever. So you know, it, it's a, it's been a big part of my life. But uh, so to ask you a question after all these years to narrow it down to one is pretty tough, but. Let's talk celebrities. Celebrities play such a big part in WrestleMania. Um, And with the success of Ronda Rousey and Pat McAfee and Bad Bunny, um, what celebrities are you hoping? Are there any celebrities out there you have your eye on? Any female athletes that you want to bring in to uh, participate in WWE? Absolutely. Um, You know, from an athlete perspective, I would love to see the Williams sisters come in, either individually or together. you know, there, there's there's so many incredible female athletes out there, you know, and male athletes that, that I would love to, to bring into WWE. Um, from a celebrity standpoint, in addition to, to the ones we've already worked with, um, you know, I, I think it, it could be really cool to, to work with Cardi B. You know, she had a, a tweet that she had put out not that long ago, which was in, in follow-up to a, a reference to her name on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she would just, she's so colorful herself, and she's so vivacious and full of life. I think she'd really bring that, you know, even bring it up a notch in WWE. I think she'd be awesome. Um, I think that, you know, um, going a complete other direction, uh, Matthew McConaughey has been, you know, <laughs> really catching on in terms of WWE. He was on Monday Night Raw, I believe it was Raw, uh, to promote his book, Green Lights, and, and he and Drew had an interaction, and then that led to, you know, another interaction on another platform, and, you know, it just seems like there's opportunity there. Um, and there's so many young, you know, influencers and gamers and everything else. I mean, I, I think that WWE is just, it's this incredible world, right? It's almost like the gaming world come to life. It's this totally, this fantasy with all of these different characters and backstories, and we can make anything work. Um, and uh, so I think there's a lot of a lot of untapped celebrities and influencers that I would love to personally work with. Well, I mean, TJ, as you just heard, Stephanie, um, is is a diehard, and he asked Bobby Lashley to be part of the Hurt Business. And Bobby kind yeah, of, what did he say? well, he said, you know, this is my personal time in this conversation. If you want to talk business another time. And, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I, I told him that this is the business of my show. Peacock is part of the business of the WWE. You are the chief brand officer of this organization. He has no idea. I can go top rope on him like this. Can we, Look can, out, TJ. What sort of influence? No, what sort of influence might you be able to bring to get TJ part of the hurt business? I mean, I know, or is that his pers- Bobby's personal brand, and you can't be part of it? Or what can we do here? <laughs> like, what? What's the art TJ, of the possible? TJ, we'll offline, okay? But we'll, we'll talk offline, okay. and and, uh, and we'll make something happen. I'll, I'll send a tweet to you. But you understand, <laughs> Stephanie. You understand that you know this platform and yours are are a match made in heaven in that regard, too. You know, I know you got Pat McAfee now, and I love Pat. Yeah, that's right. Pat is a... He is dynamite. I mean, the guy is red hot, and he is funny, and he is a great communicator, and he's got a a, a loyal following. And I understand somebody 
maybe like me, might not in your mind potentially fit. <laughs> Do you need an essayist of some sort? <laughs> For Absolutely. Have you seen how much publicity we, we, we turn out? We, we definitely yeah. need people to tell our stories. Yeah, We'd love I mean, to have you involved. I could, I, could, I could, like, wear a boa. You could call me Dick Eisen or something like that. I could come up with a persona. <laughs> and Dangerous Dick Eisen. What do you, you know, what do you think? <laughs> Dangerous. I love it. Right. Yeah. And I love it. Rugged Rich Eisen. I'm in, you know? is what I'm saying. I'm I mean, just, it writes itself. I'm shooting my shot. I'm going YOLO right here with Stephanie McMahon. I'm just saying, That's you know, right. we're all part of a similar family right now. Let's try it out is what I'm saying. That's right. That's right. You do sound like my 14-year-old daughter, though, YOLO. <laughs> I've got a 12-year-old at home, you know. I, I'm picking up on a lot of stuff. So, all right. I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I try. No, I'm trying to, clearly, right now. I mean, I'm... I'm I, I, I'm trying my best. Uh, congrats on on the show on A and E. Start it premieres this Sunday. Uh, WWE's most wanted treasures. Let's do this on the regular if you're up for it. I, I'm. I'd love to hear more of your stories and just chit chat about everything going on in your world that is uh, at the forefront of sports entertainment. So let's do it if you're up for it. Sounds great. I'm in. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Stephanie Thanks, McMahon, Steph. the WWE chief brand officer, who might have been nice to me and TJ. I think. Or she's genuinely intrigued. We just offered her a golden business opportunity yes. is all I'm saying. Yes. That was incredible. That was awesome. At Steph McMahon on Twitter, at Stephanie McMahon on Instagram. And again, she and Triple H on Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern on a and I'm looking forward to that. Dangerous Dick Eisen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a boa. Done and done. And I'm, I, I, I'm I still doing the essay. Over here, you know, like, I'm doing the essay. Yeah, of course. I'm an essayist. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like Jack Whitaker used to bring to the broadcasts. Rich, also WWE, they put out so many great um, documentaries that they always need no, they're voiceover an, guys. They're, so you they're, can, they're an entertainment company. That's yeah. that's what they are. So I'm saying you know, there, they there used to place. be the home of wrestling and WrestleMania, ex, you yeah. know, and a couple other shows. Mm -hmm. This is now a media company. So I'm saying there is a place for you there. Like, you know. I, I, Can I you do me it. a favor? This is what we'll do. You tell me what I should say to Roger Goodell when I run that up the flagpole to see how that flies. To see if you can take a side job narrating. As dangerous a, Dick Eisen. <laughs> I think it would bring eyes to the brand. I feel like an NFL WWE is cross-promotional. It makes sense. Brockman's got that face right now of like, I don't know what to say. I think I'm I, just not going to say anything. No, no, this is what I think. Like, I think ravishing Roger Goodell would be into Nicely it. done. RRG. <laughs> RRG. DDE. Now we're getting some dangerous Dick Eisen. Here's my take. I by the way, I loved George the Animal no Steel when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, he God, had the but, green tongue, and it was the coolest thing you ever. You could understand why a little girl or a little boy would just be like, "Oh my God!" He, I mean, literally, it looked like he was wearing a sweater. Of That's how much he, hair he had. Well, and, and she said the green tongue flying. He was he was terrible. Somebody here on this set who totally understands. <laughs> That's no, trust me. me. <laughs> trust me. It's not that bad. Somebody wears a layered effect just by putting on a t-shirt every day. You know, the funny thing is, you know, we've got... That's so mean. We've got Young well, Rock. You should see Irv is not happy with us tweeting out pictures of him being bald. <laughs> of course not. He is so upset right now on Twitter. The number of... He's like on his third retweet of the same video. Someone someone retweeted us something as Irv is like a local news guy, too. It was like, hey, channel eight. <laughs> 
Did they really? Somebody put him in the meme of, of yeah. uh, being a local news guy? Yeah, this guy got to find it. it was all awesome. right, we'll take a break. We'll take a beat. We'll hit all that. And then there's uh, a way. There it is. <laughs> Live, local, and late break. With <laughs> Mike, Mike Irvin. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You crush Mondays. It's just a day where other people are slacking and Rich Eisen just comes in so strong. Thank you. You're really doing it right, man. Okay. You have an amazing show. You have an incredible healthy family. Your wife, whom I've gotten the opportunity yes. to meet, yes. is she loves a you. total smoke show. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's also incredibly smart, entrepreneurial. Thank You're you, living in Southern California. Yes. You're a handsome man. Thank you. And things are going very, very well. For Richard Ice. <laughs> so that means you don't want to talk about Mookie Betts? Or is that what that means? Uh, or I mean, what a way to throw a wet blanket <laughs> on a nice opening diet <laughs> There's one reason, yes. and one reason only, mm. I continue to come back on the Rich Eisen show. Why is that, sir? I think you all know. It's for your magnificent mugs. Ah. They are, in my opinion, the mm. greatest mugs I have ever had. I wish I were there live. Damn COVID. Yes. I risk it for another mug. I love your mug, okay? Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. And uh, I think you're also referring to my actual face, David. And I feel the same way about you. We're on vacation, and then uh, then it's known that, hey, Matthew Stafford and his wife, Kelly, and a couple of their friends happen to be at the same resort. I said, you got to be me. I cannot <laughs> believe that. No kidding. Wow. So <laughs> you didn't just, like, go to the spa together and run into each other in terry cloth uh, bathrobes? It literally was somebody just told you that, and you reached out, and then all of a sudden you're now coaching quarterback. I guess much. so. I mean, Drew Brees was down there. I think Sean Payton coached Nagy. Jeez. at some point, so like it was an NFL. We had the league meetings in Cabo early. <laughs> you seem to really relish tweeting at Michael Irvin and and relish, I mean, and then his appearance on right. First Take where right. he, he needed a yes. towel. It was the greatest time I've ever had in the history of First Take. Is that Without right? question. Michael Irvin sitting there, we don't just tell your story, tell him the story. And he's screaming, I have taken over his show. I know the inevitable. <laughs> They're going to fall. I kind of use Michael Irvin to sort of sucker the Cowboy fans into getting hyped and excited knowing the crash is coming. So why do you think he dislikes Cowboys fans so much? You know what it is, Rich? What is I it? I mean, this thing, it, it, this is this thing that has, has shattered 
everything you've done. He wrote in Philadelphia, after we spank a link a bank of that booty all the time over there in Philly, and then he goes to New York, and we're spank a link a bank in that booty. And now, his great asset that has been the Dallas Cowboys that helped him get to this place of prominence becomes a great liability because everywhere he goes, we are there, and we make sure he knows we are there. What a week we've had. Fun times. Fun times here on the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our radio TV simulcast on Peacock and this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate Sirius XM Channel 11, 211 or the Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate that you're listening to. Let's go to the phone lines here. Uh, Chris in Athens, Georgia. you got one of the final words of the week. What's up, Chris? D-D-E. <laughs> <laughs> I'm DDE um, now, huh? That's what. That's I, why not, right? Yeah, do it. Okay. I I think you're okay at number nice. two. Thank you very much. I appreciate the higher register too. Thank you. Uh, all the hits. You were here. discussing 20 years ago. I'm going to take you back 14 years ago, April 28, 2007. Okay. I think you were at Radio City. Yep. That night. Yep. Across the country in Alameda, Al Davis is having a fight with young Lance Kiffin, <laughs> mm. who wants to draft. The number two pick, Calvin Johnson, <laughs> and he lost that fight. We took Jamarcus Russell, who had had a Elway-esque pro day right. a few weeks earlier, and he was the next coming of Elway, and that was that. But by 2009, he was out of the, out of the NFL. Uh. And also, Joe Thomas went number three, and Adrian Peterson went number seven in that same draft. So... I think you're okay. Nicely done. Well, well done, Chris and Athens. Coming correct right there. <laughs> wow. I mean, that'll set yeah, you back. The, the Raiders That'll some, set you back, had man. Some blunders, yeah. That'll set you back. But Jamarcus, as he pointed out, had an Elway like, um, had an Elway like um, workout. Oh, yeah. Mike Mayock called it the best pro day he'd ever seen. But he also had questions about what he really wanted. Like, could, did he. Did he really want to be an NFL quarterback? Right. And talk about crazy. And as we all know, he had some major issues yeah, about for sure. being a professional. And you want to talk major. about crazy Raiders draft picks? Bring it all the way back to the 2000 NFL draft. The Raiders took in the first round Sebastian, Sebastian Janikowski. <laughs> hmm. okay. Wasn't that anniversary yesterday or something? That we, we were talking about that yesterday, wasn't How about yeah. that? Well, the first round would have been yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, big weekend here in Los Angeles. Um, I haven't talked about it much because this planning has been quite the caper. And it's been a lot going on behind the scenes. And there's been a tremendous effort from NFL Network to NFL front office to St. Jude to the Rams and the Chargers to the folks who run... um, SoFi here in Los Angeles. I don't want to give too much away, but the announcement will be coming in short order about my run this year. And this weekend is when we're going to do the run. I'm running this weekend. I am not ready. Okay, <laughs> Like to physically run? Physically run. Okay. I'm putting on the suit and running. I'm going to have some help and support. I can't tell you who yet, but it's going to be dynamite. I cannot wait. The one thing that I can tell you is that St. Jude Children's Research Hospital 
And the website that is there, stjude.org slash runrichrun, is open for your donations. And the Twitter account of mine, at Rich Eisen, or this show, at Rich Eisen Show, or at NFL Network, using the hashtag of runrichrun of you making a run in your suit or whatever attire you want to run in, is open for business. We want people to run, be inspired, get outdoors, certainly in this pandemic. If you can be socially distant and safe, that would be uh, preferable. But upload your run. Donate as much as anybody can. stjude.org slash runrichrun. During this show, we received this, um, this video from, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, I think it's Tim in High School, and an individual um, named Nikki Threads is at the controls. Hello, my name is Nick Stein, and I'm the equipment manager for the Bishop Timon St. Jude Tigers, which is my high school. They call me Nikki Threads because apparently I'm the best dressed guy. <laughs> Today, we're gonna do the Run Rich Run, which, which means we're gonna run the 40 for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We brought in our donations, and our coaches are gonna match that. All right, guys, ready to run? Yeah! yeah. yeah. Ready, set, go! <laughs> That is awesome. Nikki Threads. That is amazing. Nikki Threads is doing something that I have been told by so many people. Snoop once told me to do. Mm-hmm. Wear a bow tie. Wear a bow tie. Wear a bow tie. That the tie is taking too much time off. Yeah, too much drag. I don't know, Rich. The bow tie is kind of like Ernie's thing. I like your tie. It's That's my, your thing. Like, if it's anything, it's the sport coat. It acts like a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> okay? It acts like a parachute. It expands and whatever. I don't know. I think, I think again, um, I'm just going to suit it, suit up. Like you suit always boot, do. As I always do. Right here. It's the logo of the show now. The logo of the run. You got the logo. Please go <laughs> to stjude.org slash runrichrun. Soon the NFL.com website will be up and running as well. Give as much as you can. And next week we will announce all the stuff that I've been planning. And that some uh, hardworking, big-hearted people have been helping with. And I can't wait to tell you about it. It's pretty damn special. And I do hope that I run like the wind. What do we have, Don? You said you got something you well, want to Well, you can you could always run looking like this. Okay, I mean, what do you got? Oh, okay. It's DDE. So that's DDE. <laughs> DDE. <laughs> can we tighten up the uh the the clothing a little bit there? From I mean, Staten Island. Weighing that's 200 dangerous pounds. Dick Eisen, everybody. He is 63. Dangerous. Thanks to Dick Eisen. Thanks to Eddie George, Michael Rosenberg of Sports Illustrated, Bucky Books, Bucky Brooks and Stephanie McMahon. We're going to get you in the hurt business. It's the last thing I do, TJ Jefferson. (laughs) We'll be back on Peacock in a moment. On the radio, we'll see you Monday.